Welcome to Full Court Press, and I'm Liam Griffin. Connor, the hot stove, says your Astros may steal Nathan Eobaldi from my Red Sox. I'm Connor Asgary, and he's a great pitcher that beat us well. I mean, yeah, he is a great pitcher. I would hate to see him go, especially to, the, to an arch rival of the Red Sox. All right, boys and girls, back with me today is my friend and passionate fan of Houston's Big Three, Mr. Connor Asgary. On today's episode, Kareem Hunt heads out, so does Dwight Howard, and the Braves potentially head towards the World Series, but we begin today with the Cowboys' win on Thursday night. By beating the Saints, the Cowboys made it be known their defense is elite as they ended the Saints' 10-winning streak. Connor, can the Cowboys potentially go to the Super Bowl after that big win? Well, potentially yes, but likely no. It's just, there's too many good teams that are in their way. And also, they just don't have a like a steady offense. I mean, they only scored 13 points, and that's not going to cut it with most teams who will not kind of stumble out of the gate like the Saints did during that first half where they were scoreless. So I, I see it as their defense is amazing, but their offense definitely needs to step it up in order to make that a possibility. I mean, you basically said what I was going to say because their defense is elite and they proved that, but there are still questions on the offense and they're still missing Sean Lee. And don't get me wrong, that linebacker core, particularly Leighton Van Der Esch, has been magnificent, but they're still missing their defensive captain now. I'm just going to take a look at the other teams in the NFC. Right now, if the season were to end today, the Cowboys would be slated in the fourth seed. I don't believe they could go to Los Angeles and when there, I don't think they could win in New Orleans, even though they just beat them. I don't think they could beat Chicago in Chicago. So, there's yeah. potential for them to go to the Super Bowl, but will it happen? No. I called it before the I called it before the year. Rams are still going to the Super Bowl. Okay. Well, they beat a great team, though, so we'll see. News leaked yesterday that Kareem Hunt beat up a woman that called him the N-word in February, and the Chiefs cut have cut ties with him. Also... He has been placed on the commissioner's list, which is a vehicle for putting players on paid leave as they investigate a specific incident. Liam, how do you see this playing out for Hunt and the Chiefs? First of all, I'm cutting? first of all, I'm just going to say how disgusted I am that this happened. Kareem Hunt was a great player. It's it's just it's just terrible to see this happen because he is a great player. He's part of what makes the game great. The Chiefs are a great team. The Chiefs aren't going to be the same without him. But now to my answer. Coach Wayne Jones once said to me, a wounded animal always fights back harder, and that's what I think the Chiefs will do. They have a solid backup running back in Spencer Ware. I think now they're going to be leaning on Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey a little bit more because Kareem Hunt is gone, but I honestly don't think this will affect the Chiefs physically too much in terms of winning games, but it will definitely affect them mentally, and come playoff time, it may come back to bite them, unfortunately, because they are... They are a great team who, in my opinion, have the best chance at knocking out my Patriots. Yeah, and I, I feel like the Chiefs are fine. I feel like the Chiefs could use Spencer Ware in their backfield and be um, able to do really well because he's, I think he's averaging like 0.3 yards less than per carry than, uh, than Kareem Pint or something really close to that. So uh, I don't think it's a problem at all. For the Chiefs, I feel like uh, for Hunt, it matters what the NFL can gather because 
there's different reasons why the altercation has taken place for from several different sources. So if they can if they can narrow that down, uh, either now what he did in the video is not acceptable. Oh, not at all. But uh, from the TMZ video, it looks like the lady is the one who starts the the conflict. But that does not make it. No, that doesn't that doesn't so, matter at all. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll have to see if he's what what kind of what happens to him. But uh, you know. It's a tough situation. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, I I liked watching this team play, and regardless of what happens in KC, it's just disgusting. But uh, another disgusting case, though not in that way, Dwight Howard is having surgery on his glutes after injuring his buttocks earlier in the year, causing him to miss the next two to three months. It's been a tough start for the Washington Wizards, Connor. Can you see this helping in any way? I see this helping the... Uh, Wizards by showing them that they're not that set for the playoffs and they either need to bulk up their team or they need to start trading away like John Wall, Bradley Beal because I mean they are some of the most elite like back to uh, or, or they are yeah, they're one of the most elite, elite backwards guards. in the games yeah it, but the problem is they just don't have that team built around them. And they don't like each other either. Yeah, so I think this might show them that they need to move on with one of them, keep another one, and then trade the other one this offseason. Alright, so I heard a um, uh, my history teacher is under the impression that Bradley Beal is going to get traded to the Philadelphia 76ers. He is a Sixers fan. I don't really think that's going to happen because of the cap room. If I were the Washington Wizards, I would be looking to jump dump John Wall, which... Unfortunately for them, is almost impossible because yeah. at the end of the season, his four-year, hundred seventy-two million dollar extension kicks in, and we all know no one wants his contract. He hasn't been great lately. Ever since uh, two years ago, when he took the was Wizards to Game Seven against the Celtics and lost, he has not been playing like the All-Star point guard we used to know him to be. So, John Wall is a cancer to that Washington Wizards team. They need to dump him if they can. So, good luck with that. Yeah. I mean, and I'll add this. You mean Dwight Howard wasn't all that great in Houston, so maybe it'll help them out? Yeah, I, I, think, I think it's going to help out the Wizards more to see them having a clearer path to the... To the rebuild. Uh, yeah, to the to that to their actual destiny of this team right now. So, I think this is a helpfulness for everyone. And I think a team like the Magic should kind of gamble with the John Wall trade. Maybe they really? can get a first round pick with it too and see what happens. That's interesting. Like that. Oh, you always go to Phoenix too. That's true. All right. Well. Former AL MVP Josh Donaldson signed a one-year, $23 million contract with the Braves Wednesday. He's been plagued with injuries over the past few years. Connor, where does this put the Braves? Um, I think this puts them up in the top three teams They in in the NL. I, I don't see them competing yet with the Astros, the Yankees, or the Red Sox, but I definitely see them up with the Dodgers for... Uh, contending for next year's World Series bid and the NL Championship game. So I 
I think that's definitely a possibility. And also, I think it shows that they are committed to winning right now, which is a big deal compared to last year where they kind of made it to the playoffs by chance. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's too early to tell us where to split the Braves because there are two big hitters out there, some dude called Bryce and some dude called Manny, that we have no idea where they're going to go. I personally think they're both going to go to Philly. Either one or both is going to Philly. So, it's too early to say that because the Phillies and Braves are in the same division. And if Philly sides both of them, I don't really think there's a lot the Braves can do to beat them. I think they'll get a wild card. I think they'll make the playoffs regardless of what Philly does. But if Philly can land one or both of them, then there's really nothing they can do. Yeah, I agree. Alright, well, if Donaldson can get back to form, though, look out. 30 NFL teams play a game tomorrow and Monday night. Which one of them needs to win the most? Um, I was I was looking at this uh, a little bit last night and this morning, and basically there's about there's a bunch of teams that need a win, such as the Panthers, the Packers, all these teams that still have slim hopes of making the playoffs. But the team that I think is definitely in need of a win is the Minnesota Vikings. They're playing against your Patriots today. Yep. Tomorrow. And, or tomorrow. And they are definitely, like, underdogs. They're at Gillette Stadium. And they need to secure their... I think they're fourth seed right now or fifth seed. I think they're fifth seed. And they need to keep that because there's three teams that are tied at six and five. And there's also so many teams that still have playoff chances that they need to... They need to win this game and pull off the upset at Gillette Stadium. Okay, in my book, there are two teams that need to win more than any other team, and coincidentally, they're both playing in the same game, and not also coincidentally, it's nationally televised on Monday night. The Washington Redskins go to Philadelphia to play the Eagles. The Redskins have been slumping without Alex Smith, having lost their past two in a row, and could lose their sight in the, on the Cowboys if they lose this week. If they... If they won this week, it would be back at a tie. But if they lost, Philadelphia goes to 6-6, six and six, which is why I think they need to win as well because I don't believe they can afford to fall two games behind the Red Hot Cowboys at this point. So whomever wins this game is in a good position going forward, but both of them need it desperately. Eyes are on Colt McCoy. Your, your guy, Colt McCoy from UT. <laughs> yeah. Hey, big game for you today, which we'll talk about in a minute because it is time to play In Your Shoes or we'll be replaced in the shoes I'm an important figure in a revolving topic. We'll start with this. If you were on the college football playoff committee and both Georgia and Oklahoma lose today, oh, and Ohio State, who's the four seed? I think it matters the, the Georgia game. I think if Georgia gets blown out by 30 points, it's Oklahoma any day. But at the same time, if it's a close game and they're able to be really close to uh, Alabama and Oklahoma loses by two or a hundred, whatever it is. Uh, Georgia should get in if it's a if it, if it's a close game. I think they control their destiny on that. But if Oklahoma wins, you know they're they're most likely in the playoffs too. So I mean, you're forgetting about the big factor here, the Ohio State Northwestern game, because that's the Big Ten championship game tonight. And if Ohio State wins that game, they've got that's huge because. I think they'll win tonight. They're coming off a huge win against Michigan. Yeah, yeah. wasn't even wasn't even yeah. close. That game was not fun to watch. And so, 
there are two big games today, obviously. The SEC Championship game and the Big 12 Championship game. If Texas can beat Oklahoma and Alabama can beat Georgia, Ohio State gets in. But So, Ohio State is rooting for both Alabama and UT today. But if one of them wins, Ohio State is the odd man out. So, if both Georgia and Oklahoma lose today, which is what the original question was, Ohio State is the four seed, so I think they're going to win. But I think Alabama is going to beat Georgia slightly, and I think Oklahoma will win. So, so the final four teams will be Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Oklahoma. You're not giving Texas a chance? No. They're They're like 21, right? What? Aren't they the 21 seed or something like that? I, I think they're... I think they're higher than that. Oh, really? I, I, let me. Hey, will you give UCF a chance if all three lose? No, no. That's not a possibility. Okay. So, next up, if you're Celtics coach Brad Stevens, do you, what do you expect to see from Gordon Hayward at full strength? Okay, the question is when will I see Gordon oh, Hayward at full yes. strength? And what I expect okay. is his old self at the very least because he was an all-star in Utah and... The Celtics believed they were getting that All-Star when they signed him in July of 2017, but unfortunately that injury happened to him. That's just life, man. And when do I expect to see him at full strength? Probably the playoffs, because the, Celt- the Celtics have gotten off to an underachieving start. I'm not denying that at all, but they did pick up a nice one yesterday against the Cleveland Cavaliers, winning by over 30 points, which is good for a team that's been struggling like this. So... If we can reel off a run of five of our next six, I think we'll be in good shape. And if Gordon Hayward is at full strength by the playoffs, I don't think anyone in the Boston Celtics organization or on their fan base will be complaining. Okay, so I I guess I had a typo in here because I said, uh, what do you expect? But when can you expect him? I, I saw a report saying that basically he's going to be not fully... He's not going to be fully healed up till close to the playoff time. So I think he which comes is okay. Up, which is okay. Yeah, he comes back probably after Boogie Cousins comes back for the Warriors, and so I I feel like that's as long as he's able to get minutes in before the playoffs, I think that's a major thing. But if he comes back straight up game one of the playoffs, uh, I really don't think he's going to be used that much, and it's going to be a it's going to be a tough situation. But it's oh. not like. Boston really needs him oh, yeah. in the first place to get yeah. past whatever eighth seed there is in the East. I mean, I still think the Celtics are going to the finals. I, I don't. I've said it many times on the show. I don't think Kyle Lowry is a playoff point guard. I don't think the Philadelphia 76ers have the experience to cope with them. I think, I think they're all expendable. And let's move on. Next up, if you're Yankees GM Brian Cashman, do you want a big free agent hitter, knowing that you've already got a bunch? Well, I I mean, the more the merrier, but uh, I think what they need to do is trade for Robertson Cano. They've already got Paxton. They've already got, uh, they signed back CUC, but they definitely could go after another another starting pitcher, too. I think that's probably more important than a big bat, at least from that team and how they're making up. Also, they have, uh, they have made like kind of under-the-radar moves that have really helped them. Uh, in their minor league system. So they, I think the biggest thing for them is trading. I don't think they should sign either one of the, of the two main superstars, Machado or Bryce Harper this year. 
Okay, so you made an interesting point about how they might trade for Robbie Cano, even though it's looking like he's going to go to the Mets at this point. Didi Gregorius is going to be out for a long time after having Tommy John surgery. If you trade for Robbie Cano, you can put Glaber Torres at shortstop and put Cano at second. And if Luke Voigt takes a step back, you can put him at first. You can put Cano at first if Gregorius comes back because we saw him play a little bit of first base for Seattle last year. So I really don't think the Yankees need a big pitcher. Their focus should be on starting pitching. They, it looks like they're going to get Patrick Corbin without a doubt. They, they should, and I think they're going to go after another guy. So they don't need one of those big free agent hitters. No way. Even yeah, with that, even with Bryce Harper in that short porch. And to add something to the Bryce Harper thing, I feel like Bryce Harper has three years left in the outfield, and seven years after that on first base. So I feel like he's a long term commitment who could. Uh, end up having to come and fill in first base or a DH position, uh, but we'll have to see that Absolutely. happen in the future. So, okay. Um, last one. If you're LA Clippers forward Tobias Harris, do you expect to be an MVP candidate? Absolutely. I am Tobias. Okay, I'm going to talk as if I was Tobias Harris here. I played for the LA Clippers, the team people were writing off at the beginning of the year because. We lost Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, and DeAndre Jordan all within the span of two summers. And look where we are sitting right now. At the top of the West. Yeah, I expect to be an MVP candidate. I'm the one leading this charge, man. If I'm not an MVP candidate, what's wrong with the voting committee? I think you're not expecting at all to be an MVP candidate because you're Tobias Harris. You are not a brand market name. That is true. The only reason why I know who he is is because of 2K. So I don't think I, <laughs> I don't think I have heard a single thing about him this year. So I think you take it with a grain of salt. If you if you continue to do well and you perform well during the All Star game, people will start following you, and you'll get more and more momentum. But there's a long season to go. Yeah, there is a long season to go. To, he needs to keep it up in order to be a contender for that. Oh yeah, you're right. Okay, it's time for the history lesson, boys and girls. Where we honor great achievements of the past in the coming week. 47 years ago today, December 1st, the Chicago Cubs released Ernie Banks, ending his career. Banks is regarded as one of the greatest Cubs of all time. 13 years ago, Monday, December 3rd, second-rate Texas romped Colorado 70-3 in the Big 12 title game. This 2005 Texas team is one of the greatest of all time. And 40 years ago, Wednesday, December 5th, Pete Rose signed a four-year, $32 million contract with the Philadelphia Phillies. This was made. This contract made Rose the highest-played player at the time and paved the way for much bigger contracts, including the $325 million contract of Yankees slugger Giancarlo Stanton. 81 years ago Friday, December 7th, the Red Sox purchased the contract of 19-year-old Ted Williams. Despite sacrificing part of his career to World War II in the Korean War, Williams is still regarded by many as the greatest hitter who ever lived. You know I regard him as that. Okay, the show's almost over, so it's time for Who You Got. We will spotlight one key matchup happening across all three leagues. We'll start in the MLB. Who You Got signing hard-throwing right-hander Craig Kimbrell? I think it's the Red Sox, just just because he's has a connection there, and I don't feel like... I don't feel like another team is going to pay him as much as the Red Sox will. Now, if the Red Sox undercut him, I feel like he might go to a team, either either a, an AL team that is coming up, or 
I could see him definitely going to a team uh, like the Braves or something like that just to add in and try to try to win somewhere else. Okay, so reports leaked. Uh, I don't know if it was yesterday or Thursday that Craig Kimbrell was seeking a six-year deal, so very long term. And I just don't know if the Red Sox are willing to offer him that. I mean, you saw how shaky he was in the postseason. His ZRA was, I believe it was over six, which is which is unacceptable for a closer in the playoffs. Although we did end up, it did end up working out since we won the World Series. That that's not going to cut it in Boston for a, forever. So it's hard. He's either going to Boston or Atlanta. He's he's either going to the current Boston team or the old Boston team and the Braves. One or the other. I don't know which. Yeah, I agree with you. Okay. Um, next, the 76ers and Raptors square off in Toronto on Wednesday. Who do you have? The Toronto Raptors are coming off a huge win against Golden State on Thursday night, but albeit without Steph Curry. So the Raptors are they're very good, but oh man. Jimmy Butler's been playing great with Philly. He's already hit two buzzer beaters. I'm calling upset on this one. He's hitting another one. I'm taking Philly. Okay. I, I don't necessarily view that as an upset because, in my opinion, the Raptors are definitely the the weaker team in the regular season. Maybe not the playoffs with uh, with all, all their experience and the 76ers' youth, but I feel like I feel like the Raptors have this one just because it is in Toronto, and I feel like every single time a team goes to Toronto, I feel like the 76ers are going... Every single time a team goes to Toronto, the other team will uh, respond to that atmosphere and play play as hard as they can. So I feel like it's going to be a close game, but I have the Raptors winning this one. Okay. Last one in the NFL. The Chargers and Steelers square off in Pittsburgh. On a huge Sunday night football game, who you got? Well, I I want the Steelers to win. I'm I'm kind of uh, supporting the Steelers this season just because of the adversity they've had. But I feel like the Chargers are going to win. They they've been kind of looked at as the lesser of the two teams in LA, and I I feel bad for them because they're basically playing at a, a too small. Of a oh, they're playing at a very them. high level too. Yes, that's true, but. They don't get that much national attention, so um, I have the Chargers. I mean, I agree with you. The Steelers are coming off an awful loss in Denver against the Browns. Just, just terrible. You, you saw that interception. It was, it was terrible. I don't think they're going to respond to it well. I think the Chargers are going to win. It's going to put Pittsburgh in a bad position moving forward because I think, I think both the Patriots and Texans will win tomorrow. That'll put them a game and a half behind both of them. Well, that's all we have. Today, boys and girls, I'm Connor Asgary. I'm Liam Griffin. I would like to thank Connor for being my guest today, and thank you for tuning in. Be sure to give this podcast a follow on Instagram at Bocor Press Podcast. And if you're interested in being a guest, please DM the podcast or contact me. We're off next week since I will be in D.C., but thanks again for tuning in, and we will see you in two weeks.